Issues involving health, education, and external pressures are negatively affecting our younger generations. My name is Anya Parashar. I'm a high school student and an advocate for mental health. Join me as I explore and learn about these issues and their possible solutions with various experts and leaders around the country. This podcast is affiliated with Project ECHO, Extension for Community Health Outcomes, a worldwide nonprofit organization that spreads critical and life-saving knowledge to various communities across the globe. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Welcome to the first ever segment of the Lifter podcast with Project ECHO. My name is Anya Parashar, and I'm super excited to be able to start this project. I'm even more excited to have Christina and I on for the first segment. Christina is a project manager at the education team with Project ECHO. She works on social emotional programs as well as education and teacher resiliency. Joining us today from Hawaii, Christina Anaya. I want to start out by talking about your work at Project ECHO. What was the first thing that initially attracted you to the organization? So the first time I had ever heard about Project ECHO, I was actually in my undergrad course or taking undergrad courses at UNM. Um, I am an alumni from UNM. Um, It's my alma mater, but I became really quickly passionate about community work and um, those positive impacts it has on the the surrounding communities and within the state of New Mexico. Um, So being part of something that had a positive impact and greater than myself was something I was passionate about and wanted to strive for, um, especially after graduating college. That was the goal of mine. Uh, So when I came across it, I was actually searching through jobs, through UNM jobs, and I came across a job posting for Project Echo and thought, Project Echo, that sounds so cool. And I, I clicked on it. I remember reading the description, reading the mission and values and um, they aligned so perfectly with with my own at the time, and I remember uh, applying. And I can't re- I can't recall the, the the exact job posting, but I remember just being like, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. And um, and I never got a call back. But a few years later, um, working as a uh, supervisor through WIC and as a nutrition educator, a uh, year prior to that, I took some classes or really courses that were mandated for us as educators to attend at Project Echo or Project Echo virtually. So it kind of just fell into place. I remember thinking, hey, I know, I know what this is. Like I've I've applied to them (laughs) and it had been years, obviously. And um, one thing led to another and I was able to actually obviously be given the opportunity to end up working with uh, Project Echo. But um, one of the things that really stood out to me that aligned so well, again, going back to those mission and values, um, they have seven core values, but the two that really stood out to me was joy of work, because that was something that I always strived for, but never really truly found until I started working here and um, democratization of knowledge, uh, because the sharing that all teach all learn mantra, mm-hmm. as you've probably seen, and that they continuously share, obviously, with um throughout their mission and throughout many videos and our outreach efforts, um, it's something that that they embody because our team being on the education team has at least taught me within this past year that 
you can truly democratize knowledge. Everyone has so many different skill sets, um, especially within our team. And I've learned so much from them, but they've also learned from me and, and, and so on and so forth. But um, that very sense of teamwork, I think, is what um, really drove me towards this, this organization that values a values-based organization such as Project Echo. So I'm incredibly thankful to be in the position that I'm in with them. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. And I think also just spreading knowledge throughout, we have so many different programs and so many things going on at the same time. It's kind of impossible not to collect everything you learn. But um, exactly. Yeah, that whole that they really they they really embody that all teach all learn that motto, their mantra, if you will. But they yeah, they they have a great job of doing that. And I think the people that they hire have strive for the same same thing, that engagement or encouragement of, of teaching one another. It's not always like, oh, self-taught. Yeah. You're you're getting to, you know, share share that like wealth of knowledge. Everyone has so again, like has learned so many different trades from previous careers, from avenues in life. And and then coming here with Project Echo, they're able to share that with others and not just not almost be sort of that gate, getting out of that gatekeeper mindset, which I think is, is important. <laughs> yeah, no. And, you know, speaking of all these different programs and projects, you have worked on a bunch of different programs um, this past year on the education team. What do you think is the program that has had the greatest impact on the community? And how did that kind of come to be? So the program that I believe has had biggest impact with the youth of New Mexico is social emotional learning, but it is now known as educator resiliency through SEL. Um, this program is in its third year, which um, is incredibly um, just successful and it's such a big deal because they've managed to reach hundreds of K through 12 educators across the state of New Mexico and even within other states, which is a huge feat um, because as, as you know, a lot of our programs are mainly geared towards like new for New Mexico uh, families, students, um, things like that, or communities. And it's reaching out, expanding outward from that. It's, it's a very huge feat. It's a milestone that I think we hold very dear to our hearts because we continue to do that and share our line of work. Again, embodying that all teach, all learn um, motto. But this, this program um, began... Um, close to the start of the pandemic. And uh, when the when it feels like the education system made a pivotal shift to remote learning and um, and online learning. So changing all of that, that I feel like that changed the dynamic for everyone, for students and um, educators alike. So um, this program being being their main goal was to just really navigate and combat those variety of stressors of like fear, anxiety, loss that um, families and communities were going through during that time. And Leslie Kelly and Laurel, Laurel Wyckoff being the first two um, main hub members, and they're still on today, but they are um, uh, two of the few um, original SEL hub members who have made this program extremely successful. And I think they continue to be those um, standing pillars for social and emotional learning. Yeah, no, And I think, you know, I joined the SEL meeting on Tuesday and I just thought it was amazing how you had all these different people who were coming from different areas, locations around 
New Mexico, but not only that, they had like all these different professions in teaching. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like adults. It was like people from all different ages and people from like all different schools and, and different locations. So yeah, there's so many people from different walks of life um, that join our programs. We have people, we have nurses, we have counselors. Um, again, those K through 12 educators, we've had coaches, <laughs> we've had um, so many di- just different pe- people that are within the education system that we don't even realize are are just as likely to engage and be interested in this in this um, learn type of learning or this. Um, methodology, if you will, of trying to, trying to, again, combat these variety of stressors that many of us have dealt with and continue to deal with um, due to the pandemic, where, where I think social emotional learning has helped um, tremendously. And, and they're continuously uh, creating more um, materials and resources to share with these, with these educators. But as you said, it's, it's nice to get that variety, that mix um, just a melting pot of different types of um, careers, of different outlooks and perspectives from people from all walks of life on on SEL and um, how they use it in their day to day lives. So it's nice. It's nice to see that throughout the program. Yeah, and you know it's great that you brought up the SEL program because I was going to ask you. You know, you've been able to experience SEL and. And work with it a lot in the past year, but what role have you seen SEL play in the classroom and throughout the community? And um, how is it going to change the classroom environment over the next few years? So I feel that the SEL fr- framework, when it um, originally started, uh, goes back to Castle's five core competencies. I know that's changed now as well, but um, when it originated and they, they included this, um, Leslie had was right on the forefront or on the cusp, if you will, um, Leslie Kelly of that that core competency for social and emotional learning. Um, and it's basically, it was actually for, it stands for academic ac- academics for social and emotional learning. But um, it's it's breaking those barriers of, of feeling of, again, those day-to-day stressors, um, creating resources, sharing resources and creating a toolbox for uh, like different methods to assist one another during a time where um, entire communities felt confused and uncertain of those challenges that they were facing. Um, and I think that really that really was on the forefront. Um, they had many studies done throughout the last, obviously throughout the last three years and they continue to do so. But one of the main ones that I think stood out to me, especially with social and emotional learning was, um, a, was when they surveyed over, I believe, 3,000 um, young people between the ages of 13 and 19. Um, and it was, the study was done in 2020. And from those results, they realized 50% of students had reported being concerned about families' physical and mental health in this survey. And I think that speaks volumes considering um, everything that we were going through during that time and continue to, I think, just kind of recovering from all of yeah. all of the trauma um, throughout the last few years. But um, studies have also shown that SEL increases academic performance, positive attitude, um, and those social behaviors. So I, I believe if we continue to incorporate SEL into our education systems, that there will be lo- like just tremendous long lasting um, positive effects within our communities. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have seen a little bit of pushback and 
it's kind of hard to see that. But when I look at like the castle core competencies, for example, like self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, like they're all involved in the classroom. So I think that Absolutely. You know, when we're teaching kids, like how do we become better people and how do we become more aware of ourselves? Like it really does. There's like a huge intersection between everything. So um, there is, it's, it's all correlated. It's almost just, it's, it goes hand in hand. And, and I don't think we, we realized that until of course, <laughs> later on, but, but it was because I think social, social and emotional learning was, was a big component, but it became even more of a, of a component um, in our school systems after the beginning of the pandemic. And everyone realized this mm -hmm. is something that we really need to focus on and shift our focus on because it's going to help us overcome a lot of those challenges. And I, I think um, it's done beautifully, at least within the last few years. And I think it's going to continue to do so. Yeah, no. And I just, you know, I love the framework for it. I think that even joining the meeting on Tuesday was awesome because you had all these people together who, who really wanted to, and were really enthusiastic about it too. Yeah, absolutely. So. They're extremely passionate about their line of work and, um, what they've contributed and and even what they're learning I think for for all of these new as um, I believe Leslie and Laurel have spoke spoke to is that they're they are changing it they are changing frameworks and they continue to do so annually but I think that's great because we're adapting with those changes they're adapting with um, the shifts in our education system um, and and what's going to positively impact our our families and those communities yeah um, I want to talk a little bit about New Mexico specifically. I know you're in Hawaii, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I, I'm a former resident, so I am. I'm all for it. <laughs> exactly. Um, right now, for child well-being, New Mexico is ranked. We've dropped from 49th to 50th, and then on top of that, in education, we're ranked 50th. So, what do you think is the challenge for families and students here, and even educators in the field? So permission to speak candidly, because I, I as you said, um, yes, I, I no longer reside in the state of New Mexico. However, I did live there for 14 years. And within that time frame from between um, growing up in the education system um, to then working within the education system, um, I've learned a vast amount from those challenges that they have faced and are currently facing. And let me just begin by, by stating that the retention with K through 12 educators is not very high. Um, a lot of that though, I believe would have to do with the long hours dedicated um, because they dedicate a majority of their personal time, money and resources to this line of work there. It just speaks volumes as to how passionate they are about education and those students and families within the community, um, which is why I believe they should get compensated similarly to our neighboring states. Um, I think that if in doing so, we are valuing their expertise, their knowledge and time that they endlessly provide for um, our students and those families. I think that if we did that shift, and again, this is just speaking on from some, from my own personal background, from working with, with these educators, um, having the the pleasure of working with them, having the honor of working with them and speaking to them. Um, I think that that would do have a pivotal shift. And also, I believe another challenge that we face um, is how greatly 
our curriculums within the education system vary across the state of New Mexico. And that goes with any state, of course, we're not the only ones. Um, but this could be in part due to the funding that we the funding that we see and receive annually um, from Again, this could all go all the way up to federal funding. Um, many states have education on the forefront of their decision-making and state-based legislature, but we've been number 50 for several decades. Yeah. Um, and in order to move from this placement, um, I believe we should reach out to those neighboring states of ours and discuss um, what they're doing differently. What what What's working for them? What isn't working for them? Um, Colorado, I mean, for example, Colorado and Utah are both in the top 10 of education within the United States. And I think that speaks again volumes as to what they're doing differently from the state of New Mexico. Maybe having these conversations with, with their state representatives could possibly give us more insight or maybe help, help us seek new avenues as to what, what we can change. So New Mexico can therefore thrive in and prosper, I think, with those changes. But again, speaking from, from <laughs> a former educator point of view, um, and um, hoping that maybe we'll see some, some changes, but I know they're working on it. So mm-hmm. hopefully we see some in the next upcoming years. Stuff doesn't happen overnight, but I know they're working very hard. Yeah. And it's, you know, even the past few years, like we've noticed a lot of changes and absolutely, whether it's public school or even private and charter, like there have been a lot of pushes in the SEL front um, in curriculum and for teachers. So hopefully we can, you know, bring that ranking down and and try. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And try and like get, yeah, get us up there. Right. I mean, that's what I think all of us hope um, strive for. And I think that's, that's on every educator's mind, regardless of how they're entwined within the education system. Um, you learn a lot. So you get to see um, familiar faces um, and then obviously meet new ones. And I think it's great that that there's, we're slowly starting to see those changes. And I think those are the effects of all of the changes we'll hopefully see at least within the next hopefully five years. <laughs> yeah. And I think we will. I think, I think um, New Mexico, the changes they're making now, I feel that we'll, we'll notice all of those positive and negative I mean there's always both two two sides to that coin but we'll hopefully see more of those um added benefits in at least with even within the next year because I think we're changing back especially from that whole again just only online remote learning to now hybrid or going completely back to Mm in-person learning so I, I it's going to be interesting to see how how much um changes are made within our education system Yeah, of course. I want to kind of shift back to the education team at ECHO. And this is a team, you know, I've been able to work with for the past six months now. So, and we have amazing people, um, amazing programs going out, a lot of ambition. And um, one of the things I also always have to mention about ECHO is that the people who work on these teams are always so sweet and so dedicated but they are. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, send out an email to someone and get like the sweetest response. Even if I'm, you know, asking about the worst thing or asking. Right. Or you've never even met with them before. And they're, (laughs) they're just so kind and honest and hardworking um, people within this organization. I agree hundred (laughs) percent. And so I just wanted to talk about the education team and see, you know, like, where do you think it's going in the future regarding youth issues? 
So I feel like the education team within Project Echo has expanded so rapidly. I mean, when I joined, we were such a small team and now we're We've practically tripled in size, as you've seen as well, Anya, um, you've noticed with, even within the last six months, our team has expanded so rapidly. Um, and I think that I can only assume that we will continue to make a positive impact within these these surrounding communities, even, even well past our, our own state. I mean, we're we're reaching Oklahoma now. We're oh. we're reaching um, others, all of Colorado, Utah, California. We're reaching states um, even all the way far as the as far as the East Coast, and even some some other countries have joined into our our programs, which is amazing. I mean, you wonder how they how they even heard about us or through whom. I mean, maybe we'll never know, but it's it's incredible to see how far our reach can actually go um, with just with just that those outreach efforts that we do every day, just mm -hmm. our daily routine. Um, and, and it's incredible. And I hope, I can only hope that we continue to do so. And it's, and I'm sure they'll launch many more programs. I mean, within this past year, we've managed to launch well over 20 programs, which is at, at a huge feat again in itself, um, because many, many other programs haven't gotten to the level that we are, but without without the team that we have and the the hands all hands on deck sort of thing that we we do um, here within the education team, without these these valuable people on our team, we I don't think we would have ever been able to to launch yeah. that many and to um, progress as rapidly as we have. So super thankful for for the people on our team. Shout out to the education team. <laughs> Yes, no, I remember my, um, my first all staff meeting oh. was in July, and I think we, the education team won something, or I, I don't know what it was. Yes, I, be I believe it was like an award for one of the awards, like a values award, um, and you are right, yes, there's over, I, I believe it's almost 200 on the call, maybe a little more mm -hmm. now. I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> yes, I remember attending the same thing. And because all of us are now attending, as Anya said, those all staff meetings virtually, there's hundreds of us yeah. <laughs> now. And and that's something Project Echo didn't even have before either. I mean, when this is speaking outside of the education team, but Project Echo has expanded as well. Um, they have over 300 employees now, and we don't even fit in our own building because of how many we are. And, and I think that's great. I mean, we're, we're, con they're constantly hiring more. And because again, they're, we're touching that, trying to reach that goal of touching 1 billion lives. I think we're going to reach sooner than we, I think anyone ever imagined. So it's going to be incredible to be a part of that, um, here very soon, honestly. Yeah. No, and I remember reading about Project Echo too, and reading the 1 billion lives touched, it seems so big, but when you look at the programs that we're working on, it really, you know, like the amount of outreach we've already done in countries and states, like it's crazy and it doesn't yeah. seem as unrealistic after you look at that. It, it really, it does. I, I've said the same thing, um, even within the past, even the year, even half a year, I thought, we really we're really that close and I know um Dr. Aurora has also spoke um to to this point as well that we've we're actually getting closer than we realized um in such a short amount of time it was something I believe originally the goal was by 2025 and I think we're probably going to reach that <laughs> before the maybe even before the end of this year we'll see but um it's it's 
the amount of countries that that we're connected with now and those super hubs that we have across the globe is mm-hmm. is incredible that's something i've never even seen um any other organization do you hear about it all of the time you know trying to to reach so many lives before a certain deadline and and then you never really hear about it again because it is it's normally a very a huge challenge but i think because of the connections that echo has made across the globe um worldwide it and it continues to do so every every day it's it's amazing it's it's something that i honestly again speaks again to the reason why i joined this organization just because um being a part of something greater than myself was always something i strived for so i'm super thankful <laughs> again to be a part of this because it's we are making a huge impact and on education on health it's it's and those are the two things that that affect all of our communities regardless of where you live no that's so true and I just you know I want to wrap up you being a former educator and being in the system as well um and now working with echo what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give to educators and students um, who want to bring more of a focus on SEL to the classroom? I think those connections that we make within our New Mexico communities um, and families is vital to maintaining that those healthy relationships between educators, students, families, um, and those who who aren't maybe not at the forefront again of our education system, but but have those effects, right? Um, counselors, other um, nursing staff, and any anyone within the, an acad- academic staff um, school is has an has an impact on our students and family lives daily and even weekly um, with how we interact with them. So that mental, physical, and emotional well being should continue to be our focus because without it. I feel that obviously the results would would be a little severe, but I think in doing so and keeping that mental and physical, emotional well-being at the forefront will benefit hundreds of our, our families and students um, across the state of New Mexico. So um, I think if we if everyone just continues to do that and we we strive for that and we continue to work on it daily with within within our schools and within our communities, I I think we're going to see. Um, some really positive Im- impacts and um, on graduating classes on on you know on on college students on and as we've already seen from different surveys from the data they've collected within the last years but I the last few years but I feel that if we continue to do this it's going to we're going to see some long-lasting effects and benefits yeah and I you know one of the things you mentioned earlier that I really love is that and, you know, it's really hard to work with this, but with SEL, it's really hard to get evidence of, of things with schools. But, and a lot of times the effects, it takes a long time for a project to really settle in and have those benefits. But I think, you know, over the past few years, especially moving online through the pandemic, we've still been able to see a lot of great change made. So we have, yeah, absolutely. I think um, with this program, um, and hopefully it continues to to thrive and prosper as um as it has within the last three years. Um, but if we continue to shift and adapt to the changes um in our within our you know communities um and 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 tailoring our the way that we teach, the way the methods that we use, um 
to play into them to benefiting you know mental physical and emotional well-being um with children from k through 12 even and even well beyond that i think um is is a huge component of what um what our education system is all about but um if we i think just doing that and continuing to be a part of of that movement we're going to see um we're going to see a lot of great changes happening our way hopefully within the next even the next six months <laughs> or a year well, knock on wood where's the wood <laughs> yeah right knock on wood yes <laughs> hoping for the best <laughs> yeah and i'm sure you know even these past six months for me like I've already seen and I haven't been as involved with the team um, as an intern but you know I'll check on slack sometimes on our education channel and I'm just seeing like all these programs and all of these outreach and like all of the milestones that we've been able to hit you know we're going global we're doing all of these things so I really think that you know even throughout all the expansion New Mexico being at the center is amazing because this is a place where we need it so badly. Absolutely. So. I couldn't agree more. Um, at starting here, right? Uh, always yeah. starting. I, I think that was, that's something I've, I've held near and dear to my heart um, within the last few years, especially after graduating from college. I remember just thinking, I want to be a part of something that, that affects I mean, something even well past where I'm living within the communities I'm in, but in order to do so, we definitely have to start from the bottom, right? From within our our, our neighborhoods, our, our local communities and expanding outward. And I think we've, Project Echo has done an incredible job with that. And as we've seen, and they continue to do so. And um, with this, it's helped, again, we've helped families with hundreds of resources with with getting edu with with education with um with uh medical technology with everything yeah. i mean just everything we we do everything they continue to do and and branch out and reach with with other programs i mean there's there's stuff within oh, they're they're reaching things and topics and and you know engaging with with people that that I don't think they ever saw themselves even doing a, even just well, a, you know, a year or two ago. And now they're, they're getting to communicate with all of these different um, people from across the globe and, and learning so many different trades, you know, of, of, yeah. what, of what works and what doesn't work and incorporating that and being able to, to be a part of those conversations, I think is, is what, is what we're all about. Is <laughs> what Project Definitely. Echo is about is finding you know, learning, learning from each other, learn and growing with one another within our local communities, and then even further out. I mean, talking with someone from from across the globe, talking to someone from yeah. India, Australia, and any part of the world, and and learning something new, trying trying their methods, and in our education system and in our medical practices, and because it works, or, or they've had positive outcomes, and um, continuing to do that, I think is is a crucial part of, yeah. of how we're going to um, change and shape our, our future. No, thank you so much, Christina, for having this conversation with me. It's awesome because like, and you know, the education team in general has had such a big impact for me, but you, especially being my first mentor, <laughs> I'm like so happy that I got to do the first segment with you. So no, thank you so much for having me. Um, 
I'm truly honored on honestly um so thank you again for um allowing me to speak on this platform and and on this um topic on on education because it it's something um, I'm very passionate about but I'm and truly thankful for to um be a part of constantly and daily thank you so much for listening to the lifter podcast with project echo stay safe and we'll see you next time